What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley of the OZ joins me as usual. You can find them online at OkanaganZ.com and follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ and at Wiley Writer as we dive into uh, another episode of This Week in Cannabis News. How are things, David? Another week. Here we are. Uh, always great when I get the chance to talk to you, my friend. Excellent. Well, I wish we were starting with better news, and I wish we always had good news to talk about, but unfortunately, (laughs) this is an industry like others with its ups and downs, and right now, uh, a real down news story when it comes to a a cannabis company in uh, in North Okanagan. Yeah, here we go again. You know, it seems like uh, companies in the cannabis industry have this way of growing too fast and it comes back to bite them uh, true leaf cannabis uh, fell on hard times heck even before covid19 took its toll and it was a pretty optimistic company at one time let me tell you every other day it felt like i was getting a press release from them uh, boasting of new international deals but now new documents have come out showing that this bc company struggled even before the pandemic hit Uh, Based in the North Okanagan Cradle of Lumbee, it's a wonderful agricultural area. And Trulief out there uh, tried to capitalize on that, selling hemp-based pet products all over the world. They had record quarterly profits in early 2020. And it admitted not long after that that it was seeking creditor protection. Um, Investors, and myself included, so full disclosure, we watched Trulief stock just Tumble from a high of a buck seventy-seven in twenty eighteen to less than a penny hmm. uh, in just short period of time. Again, not an uncommon story. You know, it's it's really been an industry where people have tried to find their niche and uh, truly thought that they found it. They had uh, almost two thousand different retailers around the world who were purchasing their products, um, but it just wasn't meant to be. You know, COVID-19 hit, and that just deepened their problems because international borders closed. It was hard to sell. It was hard to make business trips. And um, so that's come out. Now we found that there's a new uh, entity that might emerge. CanGuard Mortgage Investment Corporation has uh, a plan in place to acquire the assets and the shares of TrueLife and all of its subsidiaries. And then it would emerge, I guess, like a phoenix from the ashes of this disaster and uh, we'll see what happens it's still yet to be approved um truly is an interesting company they were selling things like uh, hemp-based treats um you know the kind of that pump pump bottle uh medicine for animals i bought it for my dog who's an old boy and you know it brought him a little bit of new life So there is definitely some hope there for the product. Uh, But, you know, even using it, it was flawed. I found that it it was a mustard kind of uh, mustard kind of liquid that just stained clothes. It rotted on yourself by accident. And my dog got on his face and he would rub his face in the white carpet and, you know, (laughs) like leave a stain. So there was always issues with the products. And I can only imagine that, that people who bought it once may have been unhappy with what they found and it just caused the company all kinds of problems 
So we'll see they've got a, a cannabis campus that's actually licensed by Health Canada. Um, maybe they're able to make something of it in the next couple months, couple years. Uh, who knows at this point in time? Um, but, you know, it's, it's hopeful for investors that possibly with the right management and some product improvements that they can uh, make something of this. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because uh, on, on the one hand, you know, there was a lot of um, – I guess buzz and potential and they had a lot of these deals um, and, and, you know, maybe that, that reputation can be, uh, I guess, uh, revived for a better lack of a better word. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but on the other hand, as you mentioned, the product does have some flaws and there were problems even before COVID. So, you know, as an investor yourself, um, you, you kind of have to have uh, kind of tempered expectations for the future of this. Right. I'd imagine. I'd imagine. And as far as the pet market goes, we've heard from a few different players in cannabis that that's a big thing. People who do extracts and are able to come up with the base components that would could be used in things like treats or medication or food or whatever. Like there's a lot of optimism when it comes to this industry. And maybe it's just a question of finding that right formula. So if you're out there, you're an entrepreneur, and you're thinking of where to go in cannabis, maybe there's room in the pet sector. You're right. I, I It's actually something I'd like to explore on the show. So if anybody is out there that is in uh, the cannabis uh, pet sector, uh, definitely uh, hit me up, uh, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com, because I think it's something I think I'd like to explore, and, and, and I think it is it's it's same you know the topical industry um, when when it comes to cannabis and, and with uh, humans is going to be a big boom. I think that's going to really take off. And I think pets were you know people um, people obviously pets become a part of the family. And if you can find something that is natural that can do some of that benefits, I think we're going to see a big spike in that in the next little while. So that's really smart. Uh, uh, advice I think that you're giving. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, more bad news, and we're talking about uh, south of the border. This is crazy. This is an article from Forbes that we're looking at, and there were more people arrested for cannabis last year in the U.S. than all violent crimes put together. And this data comes from a pretty credible source. Man, this story hurts my heart. When it comes to cannabis, you know, some of us really are more equal than others. And, yeah, cannabis has been getting support uh, all over the world, really. Uh, But support just doesn't keep people out of jail. And seriously, like, this feels like some people are passing go, getting $200, and cashing in on their get-out-of-jail-free card. And then you have unlucky, I'm going to borrow from Trump here, unlucky losers and suckers who end up behind bars because the United States is a real-life version of monopoly. And, you know, like, Dean, beat me if you need to, but at this point in time, this is how strongly I feel about this. Forbes has uh, says that according to recently re- released uni- Uniform Crime Report from the FBI, no less, that more people were arrested for cannabis in 2019 than for all violent crimes put together. So let's look at the numbers. Police arrested 545,602 people for cannabis-related crimes in 2019. Now, keep in mind that these are mostly people who just use cannabis. The vast majority of these arrests, 92%, were for simple possession. And then you have 
495,871 people who were arrested for violent crimes in that same year. So it's obvious that this highlights the inequitable situation between states. You have cannabis consumers in one state that could face serious jail time for something that has absolutely zero penalty ramification at all in a state next door. Now, uh, a representative from Normal in the states, which is advocating for, you know, cannabis becoming something that people do just like drinking or any other activity where it's legal, uh, that people across America are arrested every 58 seconds Hmm. for something to do with cannabis. And that kind of figure boggles my mind. And, you know, among all of this, arrests for cannabis have actually gone down 18% over the last year when compared to 2018. So let's just point out here, because I think it's really important, that in Canada, arrests for cannabis-related crimes went down by, let's say, almost nearly 100%. Can I drop a mic on that? Because United States, you're behind us. Canada, we're the land of the home, and we're the home of the free. And as far as the states go, this is pitiful, and this is upsetting. Uh, and again, Dean, sorry for swearing, but it just had to be done. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's you know you can tell that there's some uh, some passion, and it's it's silly. It is just mind boggling that that you know the, the most of those arrests are for possession i mean that is the the worst thing is that these people are you know some of them are having their lives ruined for something that if they drove half an hour is legal um so let's 92 percent. yeah yeah i you know i just i i you know i know we've got uh, a lot of uh big issues to deal with in the united states when it comes to this election i just really hope cannabis does get its due and then some of these people that are serving time for this silliness um you know can can get their freedom absolutely yeah. it's, it's it's shameful yeah and and you know we've got uh, what um less than a month i think uh to to get it all sorted out and uh, hopefully it'll ramp up i know tonight's another uh Another big one. All right, uh, let's get to some really good news now. And uh, this is such a great story. And we should point out it's it's early and they are using uh, mice, but THC is proving to be a bit of a superhero when it comes to colon cancer. This one's personal for me. I have family uh, with you know who have died from colon cancer and friends who suffer from Crohn's disease. You know, I've got my my own tummy troubles, as a lot of us do uh, in the here, in the now. Well, a new study in mice has suggested that THC can help prevent colon cancer uh, that's associated with ulcerative colitis. So rates of inflammatory bowel disease, or IBD, uh, have, you know, really increased dramatically in the latter half of the 20th century, and they're still on the rise in a lot of countries. So this recent surge, uh, you know, in these kinds of conditions really suggests that maybe something in the way that we live might, uh, researchers say, precipitate the onset. Um, they suggest that maybe the increase of meat consumption might be a factor. Uh, in a lot of cases, perhaps maybe we're looking at stress. Um, we're really not calling 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a lot of us. Uh, and these increasing diagnoses are really a, a particular concern 
as people with IBD have a higher risk of developing colon cancer. And that's a condition with an average of five years survival rate of 63%. So it's a deadly kind of cancer. And it's becoming increasingly common among young people. Now, a new study that's appearing in the Journal of Eye Science shows that researchers from the University of South Carolina and Columbia have trialed a, a new approach to preventing colon cancer. They treated mice with THC and found that that effectively prevented inflammation and stopped the development of colon cancer. Like, well, that's crazy. Um, yeah, you know, mice aren't people, that's for sure. Um, but this is definitely a positive sign. And again, another example of being able to do research on cannabis in a way that's less inhibited than it once was. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I've often said being able to smoke a joint at home without my neighbors calling the cops is great, but uh, the research (laughs) that is going into this plant and that is going to benefit future patients of whatever disease. and, And listen, I don't think any of us or anybody who's ever been on this show has ever said that cancer can or uh, ca- cannabis can cure every cancer or every disease out there, and I, I don't think any of us are foolish enough to think that. But it can help with a lot of people, and it can help, and it's showing that it can combat a lot of different things. Um, and you know, cancer is is I, I kind of find cancer is kind of like the the poster child disease when it comes to cannabis because it does get a lot of attention and rightfully so but you know even even cbd with uh, with uh, patients uh, who have uh, dementia or alzheimer's issues while it may not help them uh, specifically with that dementia uh, alzheimer's although there is a lot of study it can certainly reduce some of the irritation and not only help the patient but help the caregiver so there's a lot of things that this can plant can do um, not necessarily curing but especially in this study it does sound like thc specifically can do a lot of um um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the uh, the right uh, terminology because I don't want it to sound like it cures colon cancer. It's got more of like a preventative. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, like you've alluded to, there's more research that needs to be done. And uh, when it comes to cancer, cannabis is not a cure-all. What it's used most often for in treatment is to um, create an appetite in people mm-hmm. um, to help with, you know, the, the, the quality of life when you're going through chemotherapy, which is awful. Um, I've never gone through it myself. God forbid I ever have to. Um, but the accounts that I've heard of and that I've read about and that I've seen are terrible. So cannabis can do a lot to help people um, live in a way that they're happy, especially going through something that's very difficult. And in this case, one of the important things that's happening is, yes, this is a THC-based solution. And we have to understand that not everybody wants to uh, have the psychoactive effects that can be associated with cannabis. So the researchers here are also looking for a solution that might use the CBD side of the plant that doesn't necessarily have those mind-altering effects on people. So, you, you know, the... The research that's happening right now is uh, is really great because it, it does take everybody into account, and that's very important. Yeah, uh, listen, I've watched uh, I watched my mom uh, go through chemo uh, several different times as she battled cancer, and I've watched my wife do it as well. And 
I think that cannabis, uh, listen, there, there's a lot about cannabis that can uh, help and fight and, 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 and do some damage to, to cancer cells. And we're going to learn a lot more of that, but you're exactly right. The quality of life that uh, the cannabis can provide to a person going through some, you know, whether it's chemo or, or any other of the really invasive stuff, um, it, it's, it's there. And, um, you know, I, I wish it was around and I wish it was more uh, accessible and legal when my mom was battling it uh, and, and mm-hmm. even my wife as well, because it certainly would have been something that I would explore. And, and you know, I think for appetite, uh, for sure. Uh, it is it is very good for the nausea that comes with chemo. It it can certainly help. So uh, it definitely is out there. And uh, whether it's this study or the many others that I'm sure we'll talk about in the next little while, I'm really excited. And I'm really excited about this final story because you and I have talked about the senior demographic in cannabis and how it's really growing. And, and I thought that's why delivery was so important during COVID because you, the senior demographic was the most vulnerable um, now we're obviously mm-hmm. seeing that this is a virus that can uh, affect a lot young people, and it's not just a, an older person virus, but cannabis and the senior demographic are growing together, and there's actually some uh, some kind of a, I guess you'd call it a trial or a, a study uh, when it comes to seniors and cannabis in, in some long-term care homes. Good old canopy growth. You know, they're a lightning rod for controversy, but boy, oh boy, do they ever do some good stuff too. And they are studying the quality of life for seniors that are using uh, medical cannabis in long-term care homes. Uh, People are alive right now who have gone through the years of reefer madness, where they were told that cannabis could make you so crazy in the head that you would kill your spouse. And these are the kinds of people who need perhaps a little more reinforcement from uh, sources that are uh, viewed as, uh, as uh, I don't know, what's the word that I'm looking for? The f- sources that are viewed as independent, right. sources that are viewed as, uh, that, are, that are viewed as, uh, not biased, knowing what they're talking about. Yeah. And that's what's happening here is that we're looking at the science of medical cannabis in long-term care facilities and and studies into these facilities across Ontario are, are showing that it, seniors are benefiting uh, with using cannabis through Spectrum, a uh, subsidiary of Canopy, and they're using these soft gel tabs that are helping them to um, live more fulfilled, more comfortable, uh, happier kinds of lives. And, you know, thankfully, again, with legalization, this is the kind of thing that can happen. And a lot of this takes effort from people who have skin in the game. So we've got someone named Hillary Black, who's the chief advocacy officer at Canopy. Uh, so she's responsible for community investment uh, work and social purpose work. Now, her 104-year-old grandmother, Jean Black, uh, lives with a caregiver in her home. And uh, she says that her grandmother's been living, what I quote, her best life thanks to the use of uh, medical cannabis in, in soft gel capsules. And so uh, this uh, 104-year-old lady lives in, on Salt Spring Island near Victoria and BC. And every afternoon she takes a CBD uh, and uh, pill and a very small amount of THC and says that they actually really help with like her, her painful arthritis, helps her to sleep. Uh, helps with her mood, 
and it just helps her to be more happy, kind, and loving. Um, and again, if we look back, like I, I started talking about this whole reefer madness thing, where cannabis was really set up in an era to be something that would cause people to be awful, um, homicidal, crazy. And those of us who have a history of cannabis use find that maybe that's not exactly the way that it makes us feel. Maybe I don't want to smoke a joint and then go kill my neighbor. Um, instead, maybe I want to smoke a joint and go and chat with my neighbor and have a wonderful, happy, peaceful afternoon. So that's what this kind of study is reinforcing is that, you know, it's coming against those myths that so often we've had to just butt our heads against. Uh, and thank goodness that the science can back us because some people, uh, you know, really require that science. Some people really require that anecdotal side. And together, it really creates a force of argument. Yeah, this is just a, a really good story because uh, it's going to provide a better quality of life and it's going to p- provide research for us down the road. And hopefully this is just the beginning. Hopefully there are many more people uh, that get on board with uh, these, you know, kind of sort of studies and, and um, treatments as well for a lot of people. So I'm looking forward to the development of this and uh, seeing if this expands more. And you're right, uh, you know, uh, Canopy, uh, they make a lot of news, but they do push uh, the needle forward. Uh, so that is certainly a good thing. David, thanks as always uh, for bringing the passion and the news. You can find Okanagan Z at OkanaganZ.com and on Twitter at OkanaganZ and at Wiley Writer. Have a great week. You too, my friend.